On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we take a look at some of the recent transfer news with four different Jayhawks transferring out of the program, at least as of now. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You can hear me as well on Rock Chalk Sports Talk Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. And on today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks, we're discussing the four recent transfers out of the program. Bobby Pettiford, Zach Clements, Cam Martin, and Joe Yesifu. Am I deathly afraid that while I'm recording this episode or while I'm posting this episode that another player transfers out of the program and that we missed it on here? Yes, absolutely. But we're going to power through anyway. First, this episode, though, is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Bobby Pettiford, Zach Clements, Cam Martin, Joe Yasufu, all transferring out of the program. I think in the case of all these guys, um, you look at it and it's unfortunate. Just things never materialized. With Bobby, he was on the same timeline at this point as Dewan Harris. They both had two years left if they really wanted to. So from Bobby's standpoint, he's looking at possibly being a backup point guard his entire career. And now this year, too, Kansas brings on El Marco Jackson, who could be playing those backup point guard minutes. Who knows? They could bring on a grad transfer who could fill in a little bit there. Um there's not a huge avenue for playing time for him moving forward. Seemed like he loved his time at KU, that he loves KU. You saw some of his tweets afterwards. There's the two different ways of some of these transfer things happening. One of them, a lot of times, is you know the player is just like, hey, I want more playing time. I want more opportunity. I'm going somewhere else. The other one is the coaching staff basically showing the kid the door. That's like, hey, you're not going to get any playing time here. It is in your best in- interest to transfer somewhere else. I kind of get the sense this was a little bit of that, um, but I think it'll work out best for Bobby. It just didn't materialize. You had the comments from the, uh, I think it was the banquet last year, that Bill Self said, Bobby Bedford's going to be the next great point guard at the University of Kansas. And there were a lot of positive comments made about him. And, you know, I thought we really saw flashes his first year. And even at, at moments early on in year two, this past year, where it was like, yeah, that's that's the type of thing that he does well that's going to translate. Like there were there were small glimpses where you would be like, yeah, he has that same, I'm not saying he was Frank Mason, clearly it was not, but he had that same ability that Frank had. Like the one thing that Frank could do really, really well was, I mean, Frank did a lot of things well, but um, was change pace on your drive. And when you get a guy on your hip, they stayed there or they stayed behind you. You would always keep them. And, and there were flashes where Bobby showed at least that one trait, but we never saw the aggression enough offensively. We never saw the, saw the shooting materialize that, he could never really be a player you played next to Dewan for long periods of time because of some of the lack of offense. And he was more of just a ball mover. And, you know, it was, it was just a bad fit. Like if you would have put him on a team that had four really good scores around him, maybe it would have been a better fit. But because you have Dewan Harris, it just never really worked out. So you wish him the best. And uh, we'll, we'll see where he ends up transferring. I think he's back from or he's from the like Carolina area, I want to say, right? Um, so we'll see if he ends up going to another high major or if he goes down to like a mid-major. With Zach Clements, 
it's this is one that's just unfortunate that it never worked stylistically uh, because hypothetically, if you would have said that at some point, KU would have figured out how to play with a stretch five. Like, yeah, that's very beneficial. But the shooting just never came around to make it a real possibility. I think for his career, Zach Clemens shot like in the mid 20s for percentage from three. He made 10 career threes in two years at Kansas. And here's the one thing. Usually they say, well, sometimes if your three point percentage isn't as good, maybe it's a smaller sample you're a good free throw shooter and that can show that you have good touch that can show that you do have potential there as a shooter. Zach Clemens shot below 50% from the free throw line in his career. So I, I don't know. Uh, is he actually a really good shooter? Is he not? I, I think we'll probably see it his next stop. I've seen some rumors about, Oh, does he go to Wichita state or something like that? Um, I could see him doing really well at, at like a high level mid major or something where you give him a year in the starting lineup. And then in another year, he's like a, an all conference level player, but to a team that plays more to that style, Bill self has adjusted the way he has played the lineups. He's used the, the types of personnel he has used a lot over the course of the years. But the one thing that has kind of been non-negotiable is been, you better play defense. You better be tough. And especially at the center position. And Zach at times would struggle maybe defensively or rebounding that it just never gelled right with Bill Self. And unfortunately, they weren't able to unlock it. But again, you wish him well. And I imagine he'll do well at some other small school, maybe in uh, his senior year. Ken Martin transfers away. This is one that just didn't seem like it. It went right from the start. You brought him in and. Um, the idea was for him to be like one of your backup centers, maybe even usurp Mitch Lightfoot for the championship team. But he ended up having to redshirt because he was kind of beat out by Zach Clements in camp. Then he came back and, and he actually had a pretty good uh, summer and workouts. And I think at one point he started uh, one of the first like scrimmage that they, that they had with each other. Now, how much did that mean? I don't totally know because Bill Self did say publicly to the media that, yeah, we just have, you know, A, B, C, and D. They're all like right next to each other. So it could have just been, hey, you're going to start this scrimmage. This guy's going to start this scrimmage. And there might not have been much to lean, lean into. It was just a, a test of everything. Um, but even when he did kind of come in and play, wasn't able to like carve out more minutes. He had to deal with the shoulder injury all throughout his time. So unfortunate for him that you know, maybe he could have ended up being at the very least the the center that would have been ahead of maybe like Zuby and Zach Clements. That what if he would have been able to give you good minutes in that Arkansas game if everything worked out and maybe you're still playing, although the way UConn looked, who knows if how much further that would have gone. But um, yeah, so Cam Martin, that one just didn't totally work out. Uh, I'm sure, you know, he, he's applying for his medical redshirt. I think he'll get it and he'll be able to get his seventh year of school somewhere else. And then Joe Yesifu. Joe Yesifu, uh, really, really nice kid, really fun kid to cover. Uh, kind of a soft-spoken kid, but fun to talk to, very polite, well-mannered, and, yeah, just a, a very nice kid. Um, so it was unfortunate it didn't work out because if he would have come into Kansas and been that offensive guy we saw the final few months he was at Drake, it would have definitely worked out, and there would have been absolutely a role for that on this team. And, heck, this past year's team, I mean, maybe that's what they needed. Like, if, if that was the guy they had, maybe this team – is the type of team that would have got the number one overall seed. And that would have been the one kind of flaw that, that they could have avoided from a guy who can create shots off the dribble. that can make three point shots when he's hot and that can score for you off the bench. But the efficiency never came around for Joe. He couldn't ever consistently hit his open shots that he was getting. And the three point shooting never came around to where it was at Drake. He was never like a great two point shooter at Drake. I mean, he's undersized guard, but the three-point shooting is what happened when he became that kind of phenom in the end of February to March that, that his last year at Drake. So 
I'd imagine he's going to transfer down. And I could see him, you know, maybe with less pressure, less weight on his shoulders. He, Bill Self said he was such a coachable player, sometimes too coachable, that, uh, you know, he would overthink things or he would, you know, get pigeonholed too much into what the coaching staff was saying as opposed to just thinking, not thinking the game and just going out and performing with his athleticism and shooting. And I wonder if he goes to a smaller school where you don't have the weight of Kansas. Like, think Charlie Moore. Charlie Moore was a solid player at Cal, transferred to Kansas, he couldn't figure it out at Kansas. The shots weren't falling. He got limited attempts. And then he goes and he goes to, I think, DePaul, and he was pretty good. And then he goes to Miami, and he is a, a starting player and one of the better players on a team that went to the Elite Eight. That's how I view Joe Yesifu. Maybe not that exact career path, but that maybe just the change of scenery could be good for him. And I wish him the best because he really is a, a really nice kid. Uh, so where this leaves KU in terms of the scholarship numbers, what it means for each position group, is there more to come? Let's get to that coming up shortly here with Locked on Jayhawks. But first, this episode of the show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, three-pointers drained. I'm all aboard San Diego State plus seven and a half right now. I think they're going to keep it close. I think their tempo, their defense... I think it could be kind of an ugly close game. I, I think Alabama gets through, maybe, but I wouldn't be surprised if they pull the upset. I think seven and a half is too much. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays. Don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. What this means for scholarship count, and each position group at Kansas. So Kansas had 13 scholarship players on this team. Um, already you are going down because of the self-imposed sanctions. You're going to go down to 12 next year. So I guess technically you're one over on scholarships if we just look at it this way. But then, you know, Jalen Wilson, Kevin McCuller, they're going pro. So now you have one open scholarship. Uh, Grady Dick probably going pro. So you probably have two open scholarships. Then now you have four players leaving the program via transfer. Okay, now you would have six open scholarships. But then you're bringing on four freshmen. Marcus Adams reclassifies into the class of 2023. He joins the class with Chris Johnson, El Marco Jackson, and Jamari McDowell. So now you would have two open scholarships. And basically you can go hunting in the transfer portal. There have been a few names that, that maybe have already been lined up for KU to certainly keep an eye on here in a few weeks. Um, some wings that can shoot the ball and everything. So certainly keep an eye on some of that stuff. There have been a lot of guys entering the transfer portal. You'll see some reported interest of Kansas in some of these different players. Now, to what level that is, we don't totally know. It could just be a simple phone call. You know, it could just be a, hey, are you interested in Kansas? It could just be, hey, keep an eye on us, whatever. It could just be sometimes we've seen this before where a transfer puts Kansas on their list just to beef up the list when it doesn't actually happen. But Kansas isn't going to respond because it just looks bad from the PR game. So it's hard to totally tell who they actually are going for, who's option one. I, I've seen that before. There was uh, I remember one kid who uh, KU told, like, we will offer you a scholarship contingent on if this other kid does not commit here. Right. And then the guy who gets that basically contingency offer has the choice of do I wait around to see what happens? Do I just pick somewhere else? Um, so you don't totally know how the order and the hierarchy works in all this for which KU player or which players KU is most reaching out to. But I certainly am. I, I get the sense that 
if they're going to bring someone in from the from like a mid-major, it's going to be under the guise of you can compete with El Marco Jackson for maybe that that number two spot, or you can compete for one of these starting wing spots or whatever. But realistically, we're bringing you in to be a rotation role player. Whereas I think for the starting positions, the the players that are going to come in and fill starting roles on this team or fill the biggest roles in terms of minutes and scoring and stuff, they're specifically going to hone in on guys from other power fives because the when you brought in Joe Yesfu and Cam Martin, it didn't work from lower levels. And you did bring in Kevin McCuller from uh, uh, you know another Power Five, and it worked. You brought in Remy Martin. It didn't work till the end, but it did work very, very well at the end. He was from another Power Five to where I think KU would just rather say, yeah, we just want to know what we're getting into against Power Five-level competition. So I think that will be the biggest thing to look out for there. But right now, like I said, that would mean if Grady Dick goes pro, which I assume he will, that would mean you have two open scholarships to work with in the transfer portal. But again, there could be more to come that more stuff opens up here for KU. What it means for each position group, as far as the the kind of guard position, Bobby Pettiford and Joe Yesifu leaves an opening in the guard position. I think El Marco Jackson will come in. I think he could start right away. Um, but whether he does or not, you still need another guy who can handle maybe some of those combo guard minutes. And yeah, Chris Johnson could do it too. He could also play a little bit on the wing. Um, I, I think it wouldn't be crazy if KU went after someone in that position group, losing two centers with Clements and Cam Martin, even if you, you do have Uday and Zuby. And I, I think the idea is to move KJ more to the four, but I guess you still could use him as a five in certain lineups in certain situations, but maybe they go after another five, but without a doubt, the position that they're going most for, and this isn't even affected by those four guys transferring is just wings. That's because Kevin McCuller, Jalen Wilson going pro Grady Dick, uh, most likely going pro with MJ Rice. Like, is he going to transfer? What's going to happen there? You might not really have any returning wings on your lineup that that is certainly going to be a go-to position for KU to hit in the transfer portal. But yeah, now that both Bobby and Joe are gone, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do bring in, you know, maybe somebody who is kind of a, a combo guard or a more shooting guard type that you can bring off the bench. They can be a good three point shooter for you, fit a certain role fit a certain niche, maybe coming off the bench to give you insurance or to compete with El Marco Jackson. Because at the end of the day, even though I'm high on El Marco Jackson, I think he's going to come in and start and hit the ground running. He still is a freshman. And, you know, we've seen stories both ways where, I mean, just look at this past year, Grady Dick, amazing. MJ Rice struggled to get on the floor. So you never totally know till they actually do uh, come by. All right. Is there more to come? We'll discuss that next. This is Locked on Jayhawks, and this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered in a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. you got to try Built. Built, the best protein bar ever. They are so amazing. You won't think they're good for you, but they are. What makes Built Bar Puffs so good? They're covered in 100% chocolate, and they're high in protein. They're low in sugar. That's an amazing combo. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. So are there is there more to come for KU now in the transfer portal? I think there probably is. Um, I, I think that when you look at it, 
MJ Rice feels like the ultimate toss-up because that whole thing this season seemed like a bit of an enigma. But if you remember, he was a guy who, even after he committed, it was like, is he going to play in the G League Ignite? Is he going to you know, end up going overseas? Is he going to end up coming to KU? And um, I think some of those, in addition to you have a five-star coming in who just couldn't really get on the floor, crack the rotation. Usually you see those guys transfer away that it didn't work out. But I... I wouldn't be like that shocked if, you know, you see all these wing minutes going away in front of you and you're like, man, I have a chance to really make a mark this next season. So I, I don't know. I would lean toward if I'm guessing I would lean toward probably transfers, but I guess it really wouldn't shock me at this point one way or another, because if you're Kansas, look at it this way. Yes, it didn't go according to plan this year. Every player you're going to be getting in the transfer portal has some sort of flaw. There is a reason that a lot of the players you would be getting in the transfer portal are transferring as opposed to going pro. Right, Because if they were supposed to be first-round draft picks, they would be in the NBA draft. MJ Rice clearly has some flaws and things he has to work on in his game, and it wasn't perfect this year. But if things hit for MJ Rice, former five-star recruit, super athlete, six-foot-five wing, if things click for him, he has the body type potential and athleticism to be a first-round pick. And that's not the type of guy you get in the transfer portal. So I, I think if, if he does want to stay and he does want to work hard at it and everything, then yeah, you, you keep him on. So that one's certainly interesting. Um, and then the, the other one that I would, I, I, I think Zuby Edgefer and Ernest Uday will be back. Obviously you assume Dewan Harris and KJ Adams will, will be with the team and everything. And you don't expect anything crazy there. Um, and then that, that kind of just leaves Kyle Cuff at that point, which, um, I do feel like it was unfortunate because he did have the injury that kept him out. And to be clear, before the season started and as the season started, Cuff was behind Bobby Pettiford and Joe Yesifu. So it didn't work out for them. Like, who's to say that it would have worked out for him? But because those guys struggled and neither one grabbed a foothold really in the rotation consistently, if Kyle Cuff doesn't have the injury, what if he gets, you know, has a few good games early in the season and starts to mount more good games and he ends up being the guard in front of them and then maybe this is a different conversation here so i don't i don't totally know how they view that because of that but certainly it, it, it's felt like kind of an uphill climb for him to get playing time these past few years and it might be the same next year so he would be one that i would kind of guess if i had to would transfer away as well but you never know with with some of these guys we go back to the conversation of yeah is is this a player saying i want to leave for more playing time or is it the coaches and if it's the coaches and they say hey it's in your best interest to leave we don't know how much playing time you're going to get this year what if the kid just says screw that i'm going to prove you wrong i'm a competitor i'm staying you can't make me leave and i am going to prove you wrong and then you can't really get into that pr battle where it's like well coach pulled my scholarship because that looks bad for recruiting so there is always that avenue and i'm not saying that anybody's doing that for ku i'm just you know, throwing that out there that I guess you possibly could. Um, but yeah, right now it feels like KU is going to have a lot of transfers to bring in, which if you are worried about it, don't be. Texas has, I think, six uh, transfers in their like eight or nine man rotation. Kansas State has nine of nine. Uh, you go down the list of some of these teams in like the Elite Eight or uh, I think UConn has like four of them. Um, Gonzaga has three or four. A lot of teams have transfers in and KU brought in four transfers not this past offseason, the offseason before when they ended up winning the title. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. You can catch me as well, Rock Chuck Sports Talk, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 on KLWN and Lawrence. Give me a follow on Twitter at DJohnson Radio. Have a good rest of your day. Find your podcast wherever you find your podcast here with LOJ and uh, also on YouTube. See you next